It is 1 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon. Time for some post-to-post sports talk. Alan Wishart here, joined by Jesse Church today. Hello, Jesse. Good afternoon, Alan. How are you doing today? Well, now that I've gotten over the heart attack I was having a few minutes ago. Yeah. I may have wandered in right before a curtain call. So Yes. Um, I apologize for the uh, for the heart attack, but I'm glad that I'm here because you had nobody else to bail you out. So. Not for the first 20 minutes. We no, do have a couple of interviews after that. We do. But that would have still meant I would have had to think of questions for some of these people. Yes, you would have, with little to no information on them, which you normally do a pretty good job of. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, Well, basically, all we're... Our entire show today is going to be hockey, for the most part. We're going to call this the hockey episode, I think. For one thing, almost all the other sports have shut down for the winter... For the Christmas break. The only thing else that's going on right now that I can think of is the uh, is the World Cup, which we could yes. touch on a little bit. Yeah. Um, but the only other major sporting events that are going on are um, going to be basketball. Yeah. Right? Which I don't stay up to date on. No. So. And I'm thinking even high school basketball, they may... I have not heard anything recently, but like the Condors, I think, usually have a tournament like the Thursday and Friday just before the winter break. Yes, I know but that it's there was just the local teams. Yeah, I know there was a game that was uh, that was postponed yesterday. I believe PGSS oh. was supposed to be playing, and I think it got postponed. But I don't know whether that was no. an inter squad game or yeah. a friendly or something like that. Yeah. So, just one of those things yeah. where there's it's the if, week before Christmas for if it's PGSS versus Duchess Park. There's no such thing as a friendly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, I think you could say the same thing about most of the schools in the city. Yeah, I don't Although think they, anybody likes each other very much, except. And I was reminded of this because I was cleaning up some stuff from my mom's place. She just moved into the chateau. Oh, okay. And I was cleaning up some stuff, and I found two pictures that she had. Yeah. Of a one was from a football game, PGSS versus Duchess Park from okay. 2015. I think it was. Yeah. And it was the teams lined up at midfield before the game, in alternating fashion and all holding hands. The one Duchess Park player's mother had just passed away from cancer a couple of days ago, so they decided to do this, a moment of silence. Absolutely. And I was there for the free press, and I was taking some pictures, and I got this one picture, and I thought, I like this one. This is the one we're going to use. Yeah. And I called Mike. I cannot think of his last name right now. He just ran for city council, too. I can't think of his last name. Starts with an R. But he was the coach of Duchess Park. Oh, okay. So on Monday, I called him to get some comments on the game. Yeah. And then I said, and by the way, I need to know the, na- the name of one of your players. I've got his number. He's the player. Like, you know, he's in the picture that we're going to use in the paper. Yeah. I gave him the number, and he gave me the name, and he said it was his mom. Ah. The reason I kept that picture, yeah. and it was mounted on the wall at mom's place, I won a national award for it. Excellent. Yes. Well, that's excellent for you. Oh, I, the funny thing was, I submitted it for the provincial awards. Yeah. Didn't even finish in the top three. And they sent it away for the nationals. Yes. We sent it away okay. for the nationals as well, and I won the national level. So award-winning print reporter, yeah. and then you come to the radio station and, and just, just been down since then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, as I say, you know, that was an example of the two teams. Yeah. Great rivalry. Definitely. But they came together. Yep. And that happens. Absolutely. So oh, as, as it should. Yeah. Um, local sports. I mean, Cougars played last night, got <laughs> shellacked. Well, the, 
the Cougars were on the ice last night. Yeah, they they were in the building. <laughs> yes, uh, eight to one final, I think, is what I yeah, saw. Yeah, and they they are. This road trip has not been kind to them. Although it, this was the first bad game. Like in the past week, they lost four two to Portland last Wednesday, which is okay. Yeah, they lost four three in overtime to Tri City on Friday, just fine. They lost four three on Saturday. And then Seattle stomped them 8-1. to one. So do you think that this has something to do with a handful of players not being there? It probably does. Do you think that a hand Like, it doesn't happen at the NHL level. Right. No. Guys leave for the... Like when guys would leave for the, um, like, pre-Olympic yeah. break and, they yeah. ca- and the games were going or, or people e- were taking time or off. Or even you occasionally get some players still at the NHL level who, are, who go to the World Juniors. Yeah. No, normally those are the guys that are... Yeah. That aren't... Your no. top tier guys, but when you no. get guys that leave, you know you get like um, when COVID was going on, oh. right? You would see this on a you know on a monthly basis where a team would be like, oh yeah, we got seven guys in COVID protocol. Yeah. They call up these young guys and they get shellacked for a week straight while these guys yeah. are trying to hit the protocol. Is that the same thing that's going on here? The other thing I'm thinking is Seattle might now be starting to get their team back together again after that big trade. Yeah, yeah. Because that was, what, a couple of weeks ago now? Yeah. And so those no, we guys talked are probably about, yeah. now starting to get a little bit more accustomed. The coaches have figured out, okay, what lines do you guys work best on? Yep. They're starting to come together. And I would say, yes, they are, because I'll jump to this right now. Okay. The CHL Top 10 came out yesterday. Now, we normally the like Canadian this. Hockey. Yes. yes. Now, we normally like this because it's usually a pretty fair spread yes. across all of the leagues. Yeah, it, it, for the longest time... It would always be four teams from one of the three leagues, yeah. and three teams from each of the other leagues, yeah. and the three honorable mentions were one from each league. Yeah. Well, this year, I think it is still four, three, and three okay. in terms of the top ten. They didn't bother checking the whole thing. Yeah. Seattle, number one. Yeah. Portland, number two. <laughs> or sorry, Winnipeg, number two. Okay. Saskatoon, number four. Portland, number five. So four of four the top, top five, five are from the WHS. Yes. And then Kamloops and Red Deer both got honorable mentions. So that's six of sort of the top 13, 13. if you will, yeah. from this league. And it's, you know, it's funny and, to me. And it's a nice split, too. The other thing, three from the West, three from yeah. the East. Yeah. And it's it's funny to me, and we and we talked about this a little bit last time. Um, I don't know if Reg was involved in the conversation or oh, not. Probably not. I hope not. Um, but we talked about this the last time that I was on, and that's that, you know, all the focus, for the most part, with the exception of a few players, one was mm-hmm. just here about three weeks ago, um, mm-hmm. is always on the OHL, the QJ, um, you know, the USHL, and the yeah. WHL is kind of the uh, the the middle child, yes, of it, right? They don't kind of get talked about all that much. There's no. some great players that have come out of yeah. the WHL, you know, Milan Lucic. I'm sure that's just recent, right? Yeah. Evander Kane, those right. kind of players have come out and they've done a lot of great things, but the OHL. The Q, they're the ones that everybody talks about, but do you think that we're shifting a little bit? Well, I think the one thing to remember is everybody talks about the O and the Q. Well, for one thing, because they're in the same time zone, mm-hmm. and because they're right near the center of the universe, Toronto. Of course. Yes. Yeah. For the Toronto Sports Network, yeah. whatever. We aren't. But when you get near NHL draft time, yeah. all of a sudden the WHL starts getting a lot more talk because See, we've got the players. And... You know, I, I, I didn't realize this, but the BCHL, right, the Junior mm, A League, yes. um, churns out the most for Canada yep. um, 
college players. Yes. Right. They're, they're maybe not the most, but they're, no. they're right near the top of the top of the board. So you've got phenomenal players that are coming oh. over from back east. They're foregoing playing OHL and stuff like that yeah. that are coming out to BCHL. So I'm wondering if maybe we're starting, and I know that the WHL isn't just British Columbia, no. but that's kind of it the is. anchor point. I know it's weird, right? Yeah. Center of the universe, Prince George. Yeah. Um, yes. But it's the anchor point is you know there's four or five teams in BC, yeah. right? I wonder if we're going to start seeing more kind of start to to filter over that way because mm-hmm. you know there's not a, it it doesn't seem like there's as much super high end talent as there is in the OHL and the no. Q, no, right? The talent the, the top end talent is here matches up to anybody. It's just that that top end talent may go. Just a wild number, say ten deep in the dub. Exactly. In the OHL yeah. and the Q, it may go fifteen, twenty deep. I was going to say there's five to fifty, yeah. right? Like it's it's just one of those things. Yeah. But no, that's that's good. I'm glad that they're uh, yeah. that they're recognizing some of the WHL contributions. And now I mentioned Kamloops, honorable mention. Yep. And of course they're hosting the Memorial Cup. Weird. Yes. Um, fans in Prince George better get used to this. We are hosting Kamloops Friday and Saturday. Excellent. Saturday, of course, the biggie. Teddy bear toss. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was sorry. The sorry. Sp- I, I looked at you with a very weird look yeah. on my face. I, 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 yeah, I thought that the uh, I thought that that had already happened, but the Spruce no, Kings, the Spruce Kings, Spruce Kings they already had theirs. Yeah. yeah. Then that takes us to Christmas break. Yep. After Christmas, the guys all fly back into Vancouver for the most part. The ones who have gone yep. home from the uh, Cougars. Yeah. Head up to Kamloops, <laughs> play the Blazers on December 30th, and then everybody comes up here to play on New Year's Eve. The Blazers. The Blazers and the Cougars. Do you think they're going to share a bus? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't imagine so either. Because for one thing, the Blazers have to go back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I was watching um, the Sharks game last night, and they mm. were talking Why? about... Weird. Yeah. Um, they were, But they were talking about um, in the... COVID year, mm-hmm. when they had things kind of sealed off and everybody was only playing in their division, yeah. um, playing, you know, two or three or four games in a row against the same team and how it breeds some, it, it feels like a playoff series, yeah. right? Does it have the same effect when it's two or three or four games in a row over well, the course of two, three weeks? Well, that's the thing, is right? if they were playing them on back-to-back weekends, say yep. a doubleheader here and then a doubleheader down there the following mm-hmm. weekend, to me that's different, but you're playing the two games here. The teddy bear toss the last game before Christmas. Yep. So everybody, you know, as soon as the games, as soon as that game's over, everybody's done into the holiday yeah. mood to some extent. They switch off for at least a little while. Yeah. Then you come back after the holidays. Yeah. So everybody's yes feeling good after the holidays. Yep. Spend time with the family, all that stuff. Yeah. I just I don't think that it's going to be no. It's not going to be um, temperamental. Let's no. call it the New Year's game might be yes back to back in different barns yes. Yeah, depends. Depends on what happens in the um, Friday game. Yes, absolutely. Canada. If it's a close game, I think the game here will be incredible because I agree. it'll be close, and nobody's going to want to make do anything stupid. No, no. So you're going to want to. But if it, if the Friday games are blow it one way or the other, the Saturday game. If it's a blowout, you'll see it be. You know, it'll it, they'll come out. Tentative, yes, right. Both teams will come out tentative because if you got blown out, you don't want to get blown out again. No. If you did blow them out, you're expecting them to come out hard and heavy, yeah, right. And then if things start to tilt one way or the other, that's when and it's junior it hockey. Be. That's yes. when you start to see some guys' tempers flare. Yes, 
Yeah, quick update on a couple of stats with the Cougars. Uh, Cohen Zimmer, 19 goals, 23 assists, 42 points. Tied for the team lead with Riley Height, who has 13 goals and 29 assists yep. for 42 points. And Tyler Brennan, the best of the goalies they've got right now, 3.35, which is not a horrible, good. but .887 saves percentage. It's not great. No, they're they're outscoring their mistakes right now, it yes. feels like. Well, they didn't last night. No. <laughs> they no, no, no. definitely didn't no, last no. night. No. So, um, yeah, and you were mentioning the um, drop the gloves and sock to them game. Yep. With the Spruce Kings. That threw you off the, the, the Cougars t- thing. The entire, t- absolutely. Yes. Uh, oh, by the way, Cougars, with this losing streak they're on, have now gone below 500 for the season. 14, 15, 1, and 0, oh, 29 points. So Where does that leave them in the standings? I believe they're fifth. They dropped that much. Yeah. Because they were second for a while. Yeah. That yeah. just shows how much parity there is right now. Yeah. Well, that's fifth in the conference. Like, not fifth in the BC division. Oh. Fifth in the conference. Yeah. Because that's how I usually do it. Okay. Fifth yeah. in the conference. Well, that's okay, then. But still, that's not bad. Middle yeah. of the pack. Yeah. Um, the Spruce Kings. Lost six to three last Wednesday in West Kelowna. Mm-hmm. Beat Cowichan Valley six to three on Saturday. That was the drop the gloves. That was the drop the gloves. Yep. And they scored early, which is always nice. Yep. Get it out of the way. Uh, they are in Nanaimo on Friday and Chilliwack on Saturday before they finish their Christmas prior to the Christmas, Christmas break. break. Yeah. yeah. When they come back, they are home to Penticton, January sixth and seventh. I know. I know. You got the big news. Go for it. They are on a two-game losing streak. The last yes. that I saw, so they were twenty-four and zero, and now they are twenty-four and two. Yes, and V's Nation is in an uproar. I'm just kidding. Of no. course, I think they're on a. I think they're on a two-game losing streak. They are, if you can call that a streak. Yeah, they lost to Wenatchee two to one and Cranbrook four to one. And Cranbrook's, yeah, they're supposed to be good. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, you knew it was going to happen. Oh yeah, everybody knew it was yeah. going to happen. But I'm sure I, I seem to recall when we were talking with Mr. Anderson, Kyle, Kyle, but also um, Spruce King's GM, Haas. Mike Haas. We talked to him a few weeks ago. Yeah. And we mentioned that to him about like I'm protecting still undefeated at that yeah. point, obviously. And he said, yeah, he said, it makes it tough. And yet you're always kind of hoping that you can be the team to do it. Oh, everybody hopes oh, yeah. that they're the team to snap it. Yeah. Right? It doesn't matter if you lost the last four to them, oh. four to, them to to give them that yes. to give them that streak. You want to be the one that breaks it. Yes. Right? So when Achi does it, when Achi, who was a you know, a powerhouse yes. in this league for the first couple of years that they were there, now yeah. they've kind of fallen God. as teams yeah. do, right? Yeah. So for them to for them to break it, I'm sure that that's a uh little bit of a monkey off their back as well. A, a little bit, yeah. Penticton now can just concentrate on yeah. Okay. Not holding the stick as tight. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're just going to go out and win the league. Yeah. Well, we've yeah. got a 40 point start on everybody else. So, yeah. Might as well. Yeah. We're going to start playing with one hand behind our back for. Maybe the, that's what they did in the 4 to 1 yeah, loss. I don't know. <laughs> um, Spruce King stats leaders John Harrington, 16 goals, 10 assists, 26 points. Yep. Uh, Jordan Fairley in goal, 2.63.902, fifth in the league. Fifth in the league, fantastic goaltender. Yes. And the only reason that he's fifth in the league, and I say this very delicately because mm-hmm. they're both fantastic goaltenders, but Penticton, both of their two goalies um, are in the top, and rightfully so with a yes. 24. But you know that that's not a fair split. No. Right? They're not split. Just like Fairley, and I forget the backup goaltender's name. I cannot think of it yet. I apologize to anybody yes. that's listening that is related. Fair, or Fairley gets a little bit more of the work. They he does. Split it. Yeah. 
a bit. Yeah. But Fairley seems to be... Fairley's their starter. Fairley's the number one. He's the, the number guy's one. He's 1A, if you yeah, want. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, is that as a... As a goalie parent, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not a fan of the one one A. You've got your starters. Yes. That's yeah. it. You're never going to find in the NHL in the all of these elite leagues. You're not going to no. find a true split. You never no. will. No. And everybody in the media, including us right now, yeah. right? I don't want to take anything away. We're all tentative to be like, no, he's the backup. Yeah. No, he is. If yeah. he starts twenty and the other guy starts ten, who's the starter? Yeah. The guy that started twenty. Yeah. Right. So. Yes, he's he's the one A, but he's the he's the secondary goalie. Yeah, yeah, I would say almost call him the B because if you're in school and you're getting Bs, you're you're still just doing fine. Pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Back up. You know, it's just like he's I remember. The, I remember there was, there was a big thing a few years ago about assistant coaches. Yes. Right? Well, no, they're associates now. What? No. Well, <laughs> again, I'm going to refer back to my newspaper days mm-hmm. when I got the job in Prince George. It was basically announced at a seminar, an editorial seminar that Caribou Press held. Yeah. And they asked for people to come up and just introduce themselves and talk a little bit about how they got into newspapers. Yeah. And I went up and I introduced myself. I said, I'm Alan Wishart. I am just starting a new job with the Prince George Free Press. We haven't quite decided yet whether I'm the associate editor or the assistant editor, but they abbreviate to the same three letters. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Right? And it's the same with the captains. Well, you're not an assistant captain anymore. You're the alternate captain. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit too PC for my life. Yes. But, um, yeah. So that catches us up on that. And now we are going to take a break. And when when we come back... I'm Local gonna let, legend. I'm going to let Jesse do most of the talking on this one. Excellent. Because he knows a lot more about this fellow than I do. So we'll be right back with more on Post to Post. Join us each week for Music and the Spoken Word, featuring the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square, the longest-running, continuous weekly network broadcast in the world, celebrating over 90 years on the air. Each episode features modern and traditional arrangements of spiritual, patriotic, classical, and contemporary music, and a timely, inspiring message. Music and the Spoken Word with the Tabernacle Choir. Now heard Sunday mornings at 8 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Volunteer Prince George is a local resource for volunteering or finding volunteers in our city. Volunteer Prince George BC is now producing a newsletter to highlight these opportunities. The latest edition features the Prince George MS Peer Support Group. They are seeking volunteers to participate in or organize awareness and fundraising events. To help improve the lives of community members living with MS, email sstybrani at shaw.ca or call 250-640-0557. Forecast from Environment Canada, partly cloudy today, wind up to 15K, a high of minus 8 with a wind chill to minus 16. Tonight, partly cloudy, becoming cloudy late this evening. More wind, a low of minus 12 with a wind chill to minus 19. Mainly cloudy on Thursday, wind from the south at 20, becoming light in the afternoon, a high of minus 6 with a wind chill to minus 13. And we are back with Post to Post. And, Jesse, I'll let you do the introduction to our next guest. Uh, all right. Well, Prince George Spruce Kings um, legend, we'll say, played played a few seasons with the Spruce Kings. A, I believe he was just a one-season member of the Caribou Cougars, played for the West Kelowna Warriors, and then stayed in that vein by being an, being an official up until a couple of years ago when 
We'll talk about it when we get on the air, but a uh, poor diagnosis wound up coming up from. We are talking to, of course, Mr. Braden App. Braden, how you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. Thanks for taking the time to uh, to chat with us. So, last I heard, lots of officiating. You were getting a lot of games and everything like that, but you just made an announcement about 10 days ago that you were going to be uh, officially hanging them up and retiring from officiating. Yeah, um, it was all all going pretty well for the last couple of years, and then um, obviously climbed the ranks pretty well and into the, the BC Junior Hockey League, and then um, obviously diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis May 25th of 2021, which kind of put a little question mark on my officiating career. But um, over the summer and once I kind of started treatment, I, I got back on the ice and started wrecking again so that was all all going well i was still a little not super confident because i wasn't really sure with ms how it was going to go but it all was going going really well and i was having fun and enjoying enjoying all the games i was doing and then um one game my legs uh stopped working again so that was uh yeah 10 days ago i decided to retire from from officiating which was, a, which was obviously a tough day for me yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, you and I have had uh, conversations, obviously not media related about this. You and I worked together for a few years and, uh, you know, spent a little bit of time together. But did it feel, you, you know, you, when you were first diagnosed, you know, you had a couple of games where the legs didn't feel right. You couldn't control them, everything like that. And like you said, I mean, I watched you play a little bit of golf this summer. It seemed like things were uh, trending in the right direction. Are we still feeling good or is the or have we kind of taken a step back in regards to the treatment and everything like that yeah a bit of a, a bit of a step back for sure I've, I've had all all green flags throughout my treatment and i've been playing rec hockey and obviously refing refing hockey and golfing and all that with no no serious problems but uh when i was on the ice it was the same same symptoms as when it first kind of happened my legs just went numb and lack of control and just it just didn't feel safe out there for me so uh taking a step back for sure and kind of reevaluate the, the treatment and all that but uh hopefully go back up the up the mountain here soon great it's our wishart here i just want to quickly check on something was this announcement of you retiring effective immediately or are you going to finish out the season i uh, yeah i am done uh for the season for sure and most likely for forever yeah i just it's just too much of an unknown for me out there and just I, I didn't feel safe, which was which was quite scary. So, and and like you and like you and I talked about, um, you know, a couple of times that it's not it's not just about you not feeling safe either. I mean, if something happens and it's in the middle of a play, you're risking you know players and and coaching staff and all of that kind of stuff as well. So, you know, it's it, it's not just a decision that you're making for yourself, right? Yeah, obviously there's many factors involved. I wanna I wanna do the best I can out there, and if I can't move my legs and get to the right spot, it could impact the game and impact certain players with notes in the stands and all that so for me it wasn't just about me it was about uh, the overall game of hockey so i think it was uh, the right decision to take a step back so as word has gotten out Braden, to the other officials the players in the league and everything have you had a fair number of them reaching out to you yeah obviously the the hockey community is is a pretty tight-knit community so obviously friends and stuff that i played hockey with and and the refs that I've got to meet along the way, they've all reached out and said it was kind of nice to 
nice bit of work on Master of the Game and, and all that. So I'm really thankful for everyone that I've met along the way. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna call on your memory now. Can you remember the first game you ever refed at any level, like minor hockey and up? Yeah, it would have been uh, a midget uh, tier one game. I don't remember the year. It would have been 20, 2018, I think it was. And yeah, it was in the CN Center. I wasn't really sure what I was doing out there, but uh, I had a really good crew out there with me, and uh, they helped me along the way. And so how long were you, were you a linesman then as well in some of these leagues before you became a ref, or did you just step right up and grab the red uh, tag right off the bat? Yeah, um, I started off as, as a linesman just to kind of get my feet wet in uh, the officiating world, but uh, obviously I knew I wanted to be a ref right away, so I transitioned as quickly as I could. So, yeah, majority of my games were uh, were lining to start, but it slowly worked into me refing full-time. So did you decide you wanted to be a ref because you kept seeing all the calls, the other the guys who were in the red armbands were missing while you were lining the game, and you said, oh, come on, you got to call that. Yeah, I, I just feel like I had such a good feel for the game. I kind of playing at a at a high level. Kind of saw how some players were reacting situations. I kind of I felt that I could control, not control the game, but react in certain ways to help me uh, do the best that I could. Well, I know that when we talk to um, to other players, you know, obviously not on, on not on radio or anything like that, but when you talk to guys that you had officiated. Um, you know, because you played at that level, you're not a guy that you know never played, but was a you know was a career ref that they all said that you were able to uh, a explain very very well why that call was made, and b um, most of the calls were fair, not all of them, but most of them were fair. Yeah, no, definitely being uh, being a player and transition into refing, it really made it uh, an easy transition for me. Just being able to talk to the guys and, and stuff, right? It just made it so much smoother to, to transition that uh, message to why they're shorthanded for the next two minutes. So, yeah, it was all good. With, with the BCHL, you know, when, when you were refing up here, um, there's not a high – sorry, there's not a very high turnover rate uh, for coaching staff, um, not not like it is in the NHL where coaches get fired and hired every, you know, three months it feels like. When you were playing, was there still a bit of a um, – or sorry, when you started refing, when you were – the teams you were playing against, did you know some of the coaches from there and there was, you know, there was a little bit more respect because you were a guy that had come out of that system? Yeah, no, that's kind of some of the funnier things that I've uh, had to deal with where I've refed against a coach that I played hockey against and then um, – I forget uh, who it was, but one of his players was um, giving me the gears about a call, and he kind of looked down at the guy and said, uh, enough is enough. Like, this guy's played more in this league than you have, so you can just be quiet now. I was kind of chuckled about that, just a little bit of respect from the coach there, so it's, it's nice to see in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Did, did the player fall over on the ice right away or what? Yeah, yeah he was uh, pretty embarrassed. Yeah, he apologized to me. Now, so what happens next? Are you going to still do occasional officiating when you get the chance? Or are you going to look at maybe becoming a, um, a, a trainer for referees or something like that? Yeah, I haven't really thought too much about it. I've kind of just taken a step back to kind of work on my health for the next little bit. Yeah. But um, definitely want to stay involved in hockey, whatever that is. If it's um, mentoring young officials here on the island or wherever I end up, then it's that. But... Um, yeah, we'll see what the, the next door that opens up for me. 
Okay. I've I've heard a little bit of rumblings about maybe some uh, not not even officiating uh, training, but just some coaching in general. Are there any uh, any truth to the rumor on that? I know that you're finishing up your uh, your school down on the island as well as worried about the health and stuff like that. But is there any uh, any interest in in that side of it for you? Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely the plan for the future. I've always really wanted to coach, and I probably can't coach while I'm while I'm wrapping. It's a bit of a conflict there, so. <laughs> I kind of got to make the decision if I'm if I'm done done or if I'm gonna step into coaching. But that's definitely I think the next the next step for me in the hockey world. So I, I didn't make it as a player or a ref. So maybe I'll try coaching. Okay, um, I think Jesse, have you got any more? The last thing that I was gonna say was that I know that. Um, talking to a few people up here and this is back when again back when you were officiating that um with all the work that you did in the community and everything like that that uh everybody that i've talked to have said that um if you were ever to make the step into coaching that you'd probably be one of the better guys to do it because you do care and uh and everything like that and i'm i'm glad to hear that you're that you're doing well but it does uh make me a little bit sad to hear that you'll be stepping off the ice for the for the next little bit anyways but yeah it's obviously tough to get off the ice but there's always always doors that open up after after one shot so i'm um, really, really looking forward to what the, the future holds for me in the hockey world excellent bud okay great nap thank you very much for taking the time and bringing us up to date on what's happening not a problem thanks for having me thanks buddy okay, okay we're going to take another quick break and we'll be back with more on post to post Join PGSO Music Director Michael Hall and the rest of your Prince George Symphony Orchestra for a multimedia exploration of Beethoven's Pastoral Symphony, Saturday, February 4th at Vanier Hall. Sponsored by Dick Bio Law, experience this timeless classic in a brand new way. The evening will also include the overture to the Creatures of Prometheus. Tickets are available at the Symphony office and through pgso.com. It's Discovery, Beethoven 6th, 7.30, Saturday, February 4th at Vanier Hall from your Prince George Symphony Orchestra. The next feature gallery presentation at Studio 2880 is Wings, Wheels, and Whimsy from Linda Anderson. It's a showcase of watercolor antique cars, birds of the feather, and a sprinkling of carefree, happy art pieces that will bring a smile to your face. The display is open as a casual walk-in style show. Stop by to enjoy a hot drink and explore the art. Linda Anderson's Wings, Wheels, and Whimsy through January 17th in the Studio 2880 Feature Gallery at 2880 15th Avenue. And back on Post to Post, Alan Wishart, Jesse Church, in uh, great conversation with Braden Epp. Glad to hear that he's doing as well as can be expected, I guess, under the circumstances. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I, I've I worked with him for, for four or five years. He's a, he's a great kid. Probably one of the downturns for me in the last couple of years was him was him moving to the island yeah. because we lost him a at the golf course but uh <laughs> you know i don't i don't get to see him as much no. and um you know he was a great guy when he was in town always doing tons with the community tons with uh with pretty much any organization that asked him to um and i know that he's doing just as much down there but um yeah tough yeah. tough to hear when you know i mean he's oh. 26 wow. i think like yeah. he's like he's young so to get so to get that diagnosis you know a year yes. ago that uh that that that's how that that's the way that his life was going to be for the next little bit. You know, it's it, yeah, tough pill to swallow for him, but he's persevered very, very well. Yeah, him talking about making the change from being a player to being an official. Yeah, oh, as God. soon as he was talking about that, I was reminded of my dad. Yeah, because my dad refed for years. Mm -hmm. He was actually the referee in chief for the BCHA for a few years. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but the funny thing was, he was a ref. He was. For, like a lot of the players who I talked to along the way as I was growing up yeah. had nothing but respect for dad. Yeah. Because they said, 
when he said something, that was it. Yep. No arguing with him. Yeah, his his one habit they said was he would stand he put one hand on his hip while he was listening to you. Yeah, and then when you stopped for breath, you would say, "I've got half your misconduct here. Do you want the other half?" Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know what? Like like you're talking about the you know the respect side of things. Did your dad play high level oh, hockey? Yeah. Well, not really high level. He played senior hockey in. Um, Southwestern Ontario. Okay, so Dryden, Kenora, Fort Francis. But was a player. Oh yeah, right. And that it it seemed like obviously most officials are players. That's yeah. what, that, that's how they kind of get introduced to it. Yeah. But you know when you got a guy like Braden who logged you know however oh. many minutes was a uh, I'm pretty sure he was an all star at one point when he was with West Cologne I think mm-hmm. um, you know got called up at at 16 to come up and play with the Spruce yeah. Kings from the Caribou from the Caribou team you know. He's put in his his time, so the fact that the coach said, "Listen, that guy's got more, you know, that guy's got more goals than you got minutes in this league," yeah. <laughs> like, give him a break. Well, the thing that I found funniest was I knew I never saw Dad play. He was finished playing. He was into refereeing by the time okay. I was old enough to start going to hockey games. Yeah. Uh, and he used to ref the old Caribou Hockey League as well. Okay, Prince George, Quinell, Williams Lake, yeah. Vanderhoof. And I've got one story to talk about there. But the one thing I want to mention is my grandmother, his mom, yeah. kept the newspaper clippings from okay. the games yeah, that he was involved in. And in one of them, <laughs> they uh, mentioned that uh, Wishart and somebody else on the other team were involved in a Pier 6 brawl. They each got two minors, two majors, a misconduct and a game misconduct. And I was thinking, this guy became a ref? <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know what? Braden was never, I mean, he was never a, never a fighter, no. n- nothing like that, but he wasn't afraid to uh, to get in the middle of it and, and, and mix it up. And, you know, from what I've heard talking talking to guys, that those are the ones that usually make the best referee because oh, yeah. they know what players are thinking. Yeah. Right? No, you know you can't do that, Steve. We've yeah. talked and, about this before. And they know enough to keep an eye on what's happening behind the play. Absolutely. That's why the NHL went to the true ref system was that the one ref could actually keep his eye on the yep. puck at all times, and the other ref could keep an eye on what was happening Looking behind. at the game, yeah. And you know what? I went down to my, – my son played um, – last year had an event down in, down in Abbotsford, mm. and I went down there and uh, supposed to be supposed to be three, they'll operate with two. Yeah. Okay. Right? So usually yeah. it's two linesmen and a ref. Yeah. Right? Just so that if anything gets out of control, there's three guys on the ice to kind of control yeah. things. One referee. That's it. Showed up to the game. Ooh. In hindsight, the coach said we shouldn't have even stepped onto the ice. We should no. have just forfeited it and said we're not playing. Yeah. Um, I think they had started out 0-3 in the tournament anyway, yeah. so there wasn't... But they no. played it. They thought that yeah. maybe the ref... And then, of course, there's a hit from behind that the ref doesn't see because he's no. watching the puck. Yeah. And then the guy gets the retaliation penalty when the first one was way worse than the second one, yeah. and it just explodes. Oh, yeah. Right, and that's a guy just not having control of it. No. But also, you're handcuffing him with one ref. Yeah. Right, and that's why I like to see. You know, I've seen AAA, uh, Caribou, that kind of stuff. Usually, it's three. Yep. Occasionally, I've seen four when you know that it's a yeah. potentially ten- tenuous team or in, coming in into the playoffs. Maybe Ma- playoffs or finals, something refs, like two that. Fi- two yeah, lines. because yeah. you got to keep an eye on it because yeah. th- you're down two nothing with a minute left. Tempers can flare. Yeah. I didn't. I never liked that guy all season. It's my last year. What are they going to do? Yeah. Right. It it happens. But um, when you got a guy like Braden out there, mm-hmm. they respect him. He's played. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Right. Funniest thing my dad ever told us about happening, and this was in the Caribou Hockey Caribou League. Yep. Yeah. Vanderhoof's team was the Vanderhoof Bears. Okay. Their arena at that point was obviously then called the, the Bear, Bear Den. Oh, the Bear, Bear Pit. Pit. Oh, okay. Yes. Small little arena, as you would expect in Vanderbilt. Of course. Dad was doing a game out there called Coincidental Miners. 
Okay. Looks up a few. Looks up a couple of minutes later. Vanderhoof's got a power play. Blows the whistle. Heads over to the Vanderhoof penalty box and says, "Why is why why is your guy on the ice? Well, his penalty's up." Okay, goes over to the other box. Why is your guy still in the box? His penalty isn't up yet. <laughs> this was what you call home ice. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. It's not like when you go there and the guys are cheering for you. They're actively helping you on the ice. Yes. But he, was, he, said, and he said, there wasn't much he could do at that it, point. Okay. Obviously. Yeah. All right, then. But just a bizarre set of circumstances. But again, that was the way the league was played. Oh, yeah. It's not the yeah. National League. No. Right? We're going to take anything we can get. Yeah. But the Mohawks one year hosted the Koi Cup. Yep. The Provincial Championship. Hosted it here. They were down two goals in the last minute of the third game, the third deciding game. They scored with 50-something seconds left. They scored with six seconds left to go into overtime. And what they did then was they played one overtime period before they would go to before they would go to sudden death. Oh, okay. The other teams scored in near the beginning of the first overtime period. Yeah. The um, Mohawks scored with like two seconds left to tie it up, and then they won it in the sudden death. Talk about I as a hockey fan. Oh. Phenomenal, yes. But I would like to see that kind of thing brought into. You can't because of TV times and everything no. like that. I get it. You can't do yeah. it for for regular season, but for playoffs, yeah, that would be so much fun. No, no, it's not sudden death. No, no, no. no. Let's see. Let's see if you guys can tie it up. Because yeah. if somebody scores fifteen seconds in, boom. Done. Well, that yeah. was great. Cool. Super yeah. awesome. And I would also like to see that. This is just me on my horse with World Juniors coming up. Mm-hmm. I would also like to see the shootout abolished yeah. for medal games. But um, well, that's because you mentioned it earlier yep. about the only big sports event going on right now, the World Cup you, of Soccer. Yes. Yeah. If they're tied at the end of regulation time, what do they do? They play a thirty-minute mini game. Yep. Switching ends at halftime. Yep. Doesn't matter if there's five goals scored in that time. Yep. It keeps going until they finish. Yep. And then, if it's still tied, then they go to penalty, penalty kicks. kicks. Yeah, but you're t- you're tied one one. You yep. go to overtime. Each team, let's one say team Argentina early. and Croatia, yeah. right? Argentina puts four up in the first half. Yeah, right. Well, you're not done. No, right? You are because it's soccer. Well, yeah, but you're not. No. You know, you're not out of it. No, technically so, the game is not over. Technically, yet. exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, you guys, you got to keep over, playing. over, but it's not yeah. over. Yes, but uh, no. Okay, we are going to go to another break. When we come back, we're going to be talking some more hockey. I hope on post to post. The Prince George Potters Guild is taking registration for upcoming classes. Beginner Hand Building Level 1 will take place Tuesdays from January 24th to February 26th with six evenings of instruction, followed by one month of studio time. Clay and use of tools, as well as glazing and firing during classes, is also included. Registration and full details on this introductory course are available through the Potters Guild link under programs at studio2880.com. As we're into the busy holiday season, Prince George RCMP are passing along some helpful online shopping tips. Be suspicious of deals that are too good to be true. Be wary of complicated or unfamiliar payment options. Watch for sites using poor grammar or layouts and check for a locked padlock in the URL bar. These are all good indicators that can help you determine if it's a fraudulent or scam site. For more online shopping safety tips, visit getcybersafe.gc.ca. 
Forecast from Environment Canada. Partly cloudy today, wind at 15K, a high of minus 8 with a wind chill to minus 16. Tonight, partly cloudy, becoming cloudy late this evening. More wind, a low of minus 12 with a wind chill to minus 19. Mainly cloudy on Thursday, wind from the south at 20, becoming light in the afternoon. A high of minus 6 with a wind chill to minus 13. Back on Post to Post, and as we were mentioning earlier, it's an all-hockey show today, as it turns out. Joined on the phone now by Mursad Moichin, and I'm hoping I pronounced that name correctly, Mursad? Yeah, Moichin it is, yep. Perfect. Head coach of the AAA Female Northern Capitals, and do you remember at this point what it's like to play in a game? Me? Oh, yeah. I yeah. played pretty competitive <laughs> hockey till I was about 40, and then I said, I better hang it up. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, it's hockey, it changes and evolves every year for sure. Uh, the younger the younger generations really focus on skills, where we were focused on toughness in my day. So, And now the last time you guys, the last time the Northern Capitals actually were on the ice in a game was November 20th, and you're not on again until January the 6th. Have you ever coached a team before that had that much of a break? Oh, uh, this is my first Christmas off in a long time, I'm going to say that. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's we we had some games scheduled in December, but the flu bug hit us so mm-hmm. bad that we had to cancel them. And then, yeah, December was, you know, just a non-busy month for us. We were looking at a tournament to go to, and that didn't pan out. So we kind of just said, well, let's take it, work on our skills, and get a little better and team concepts and we have been doing that but we've been battling the flu for like three weeks <laughs> yeah so every, every day someone missing a practice right so so how do you keep the team involved when you're off the ice that long like you as you said you can still work on practice and stuff do you try to schedule games against even some of the boys teams yeah we had we did play one game against the bobcats bantam bobcats u15 mm-hmm. bobcats so and that gave us a little bit of a you know of a game experience and practice too. We do a lot of compete stuff and like small games, small area games. And there and the girls have school hockey where they just had the Christmas Cup, which was a big thing to them. And they had a big game, squad game there. So, I mean, yeah, you know, it's calm before the storm because our January and February are pretty hectic. So <laughs> we'll have to go with that. Yeah. Now. Are you giving the team some actual time off then for Christmas? Are you just saying we're going to take a week, no practices or anything? Yeah, they're going to go home. Like, I mean, the, the girls are still on the ice seven times a week, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to go home and you know enjoy their break, and you know hopefully they play do an outdoor rinking and stuff like that, and you know and enjoy Christmas with their family, and then we're going to be right back to work early January, and we have a showcase January 7th, so, you know, we're going to come back, and I'll send them video and stuff over Christmas so they could at least keep their hockey mind engaged, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and, and, yeah, and we're, like, I'm looking forward to that second half. It's like almost the start of a new season, you know, and we could really learn from our mistakes in the first half and adapt them into the second half. Now, you were saying the first weekend back, the January 6th, 7th, 8th, basically, is a showcase. Is that a little bit tougher than regular season because you're playing two or three different teams in a couple of days? Uh, it, it's, it is. It's, I mean, it's just the, the amount of games that pile in there. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it's a busy schedule. But, I mean, still playing the same teams that we always play in the league. So, it's, uh, you know, it's a good opportunity for us to uh, work on some stuff. Like, you know, like I like folks on the concepts and, and a little bit of system stuff that we could sprinkle into the game and not really tell the tale as we move into the playoffs. So, that's where 
you know, I like I like those games, and it's it's quick as a coach. You yeah. know, you're you're busy every day as a showcase, right? So yeah. it's it's really engaging for me. I like it. The girls get a little bit tired, but <laughs> they persevere, right? So yeah. And now your first. And I'm going to say home in quotation marks here in the new year are actually the, what do they call it, the Winter Classic out in Fort St. James and Vanderhoof? Yep. No, and I'm looking forward to that. It'll be my first experience at it, oh. but, uh, and some of the girls too. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to, you know, playing in that game and enjoying, like, all the community events stuff that we're going to be doing there. And, and, and you know, just to be a part of something like that. Is uh, you know, it's an experience of a lifetime. Like not everyone has outdoor games. I see the BCHL has went to an out. Uh, BCHL has went to an outdoor all star game this year. Uh, they're trying to attempt, you know, play with that. So I mean, yeah, it's a great experience for sure, and I'm sure the girls are going to enjoy it. Yeah, and I think their all star game, coincidentally enough, I think it is January the twenty first, which is the same as when you're out in playing in Vanderhoof. Yeah, so I mean, Trevor Sprague started something, correct? And <laughs> you know, the BCHL is definitely following suit, so it's kind of cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're in a beautiful land in BC, and we have a lot of opportunities to do stuff like this. So we should capitalize on it. Okay. So you guys, uh, hey Mersad, it's uh, Jesse Church here. You guys had a couple of games canceled at the end of November, sorry, postponed uh, when the flu bug kind of went through. I think it went through Fraser Valley. I don't think it was through you guys at that point. Um, do they have dates set for that when they will be uh, when they'll be played? I believe it's in January. Okay. Or there's a weekend off in January that there's the only one they could get scheduled. Mm, okay. So, so yeah, I haven't seen the finalized schedule about it, but that was a talk, you know, in the last couple of weeks. So. Perfect. And you guys come out uh, after this, you know, three, four, five week layoff uh, playing against the uh, 17 and 0 Fraser Valley Rush. Uh, anything that you guys have been uh, working on a practice and stuff like that to uh, get ready for that game? Yeah, I like have changed a bit of our offensive strategy to kind of protect ourselves a bit. Mm-hmm. But great offense. So, like, you know, I don't like big cat out of the bag, but that's mm-hmm. kind of, we've been working on that. And, uh, you know, we got some games before them that we could. You know, like I said, apply it in certain areas and see how it works. And, you know, I mean, Fraser Valley is a skilled team, but I always say any team can be beat, right? You Absolutely. The talent doesn't want to work. Hard work will always be talent. So, you know, and that's kind of where we, we set our, our mojo at, right? So, Agreed. Yeah. So your first year as a head coach with the Northern Capitals, how, has, how have you adjusted to coaching at this level? Oh, it's, it's, I'm not going to lie. It hasn't been easy. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it's a different, it's a different beast. Um, I, I really enjoy the girls' eagerness to learn and, and adapt. They, they have that. Um, I, I, I was a very fiery cat when I played <laughs> and always wanted that out of my teens, right? And, yeah. uh, and that's a little bit of a different area for us. Like, you know, they, they have adapted to compete, right? So I like that. And, uh, it's just, this is different. It's me adjusting too, right? Yeah. Um, definitely the coaching style, and and but I like it. I roll the lines. I play the players, and and you know we push for development, especially with the young team. We have three, fourteen-year-olds, hundred ages on this team, oh. and and they're carrying a good load, and they're playing hard and learning every day. So that I mean that you know I like that. I like to see that, right? And looking forward to this team in a couple of years being a really strong one. So okay. Uh, one more question for you from Jesse here, Mursad. With um, you guys have a tournament schedule that you guys are going to uh, Winnipeg for right at the tail end of January. There, a um, lot of, from when I looked at it, a lot of uh, academy schools and stuff like that headed out there. Does the um, game plan change at all when you're going out to play against schools that aren't necessarily in your league when you're doing a tournament style? 
No, we still have to carry our game. Um, one thing I'm trying to teach the girls is to make you know quick in-game adaptations, of which they're good at. So, um, you know, that's what we have to be, right? Because every team has something different that we have to be able to adapt within the game and uh, make those changes. And then, you know, so we'll, we'll, whatever comes at us, we'll go. I'll watch some video before to see, you know, what they do in the power play, what they, their trends are, and then we could have a game plan for every game. And and when you're heading out to those, um, you know, to, to a big academy tournament like that, obviously there's going to be a lot of sports schools and uh, and scouts and all sorts of stuff like that there. Do you think that, that is that going to be something that you're um, – Kind of try. Obviously, we're going to try and quell it um, with uh, in regards to the girls thinking about it. But is it something that you're actively going to be like, don't worry about it, or is it just like kind of a blanket statement at the beginning of the event? Well, we well we have the girls have to focus on is their game, right? Their individual game, and I think that's you know if they focus on the individual game, it should fall where they may, and that's kind of the voice that we're going to preach. Not their over kids else. They played in front of a lot of schools already, so they. You know, they just gotta live with it. It's just like, you know, that's part of hockey is a recruitment game, right? So, I mean, yeah. So I don't think, you know, I think they're just gonna play the way they play, and and they're gonna be comfortable. And like I said, we have a good prelude of games before that, so they're gonna be in game mode. So, like, yeah, it should be, you know, just an opportunity for them to shine and and, and battle through, right? So. Okay. Mursad Moichin, head coach of the AAA female Northern Capitals. Thanks for taking the time to chat, and I'm sure we'll be talking before the season's over. Okay, thank you. Okay. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. Okay, take another quick break and be back with more Post to Post on CFIS-FM. Don't miss always Patsy Cline. The heartfelt celebration of the legendary country songstress has been extended through to December 21st at Theatre Northwest. Based on the true story of Texas housewife Louise Seeger and her friendship with the singer, the musical features all of Patsy Cline's greatest hits, resulting in a down-home good time. Tickets are available at Studio 2880 and through theaternorthwest.com. Always Patsy Cline by Ted Swindley. Now on through December 21st at Theater Northwest in the Park Hill Center. During the pandemic, alcohol and drug use increased, and some police services reported an increase in impaired driving that caused heartbreak and devastation. An impaired driver killed my brother DJ, and our family has never been the same. As life returns to normal for many of us, those of us impacted by impaired driving still struggle to cope. Now more than ever, we need your commitment to never drive impaired. Let's keep our roads safe so your family won't suffer like mine. A message from Jamie Lynn Hancock of Mad Canada. Back on post to post. It helps if I turn the mics off. That does. I, it, however, I do enjoy that new intro music. You are you. killing it with the 1980s intro music. Well, we got, we've just got a bunch of different tracks that I can use. Yeah, so and, keep playing with yeah. them. Yeah, I was thinking about using the uh, Funeral March, but I thought, no, that's not mm, quite right. No, 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 no. We, no. We won't do that. No. Not unless we're talking about the Canucks. No. God, come on. They're not doing that bad. <laughs> no, they've won. I think they won seven out of their last 12 or something yeah, like that. They're, they're doing very well. Again. Yeah, yeah. Who do they play tonight? Uh, I cannot remember. I just know that I looked at the schedule. And, and they are playing, they playing tonight. tonight. Yes. I think they're at home even. What? I want to, I want to say Carol, I Carolina for some gonna... reason is the team that's bouncing in my mind. Ah, Brent Burns and the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm not. Don't quote me on that. We're both frantically looking at that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that was a good interview with Mursad. Yeah. I like, I like Mursad. Obviously, my daughter plays on the team. Yeah. So uh, Calgary, oh, they're playing they're Calgary. They're playing in Calgary, yes. Oh, okay. Um, there, there's only three games on the schedule. The game. And two of them are... Multi, or two of them are um, all Canadian games. Yeah. Do you remember when Wednesday used to be the big game? The big Wednesday, night for it, I remember Wednesday night hockey. 
Oh, yeah. When there'd be 10 games. But I also remember when you used to, when there used to be, you know, five or six games a night, period. Yes. Right now, it seems like they load all of them up for Saturday nights because they don't want to compete with football, which is fine. I get that. Yes. Right? But they're loading them all up on Saturday night. So you've got a game that starts at 9 a.m., which is noon back east, Mm -hmm. right? And you've got games that are starting at 9 o'clock, and all of a sudden you're internal clocks all messed up and you don't know when you're t- 7 o'clock well no today they play at one thirty. oh yes. okay if it's one thirty, this must be Newfoundland yeah exactly <laughs> yeah um, we were talking with we, we, we were yeah, talking head, about the uh, head, Capitals yeah and um, you know obviously my, my daughter plays on the team so yeah. I have you know yeah. I have a, I have a good feel for Mersad he's a he's yeah. a oh. good coach I think that like he said it's his first year doing it there's a little bit of, a, of an adaptation yeah. that uh, that goes on there especially and I'm not saying this to be whatever don't Cancel me, um, but you're switching from guys hockey to girls hockey. I know there's a, there's a little bit there's yeah. a little bit of a different um, a different skill set, yeah. right? But B, it's also a different um, a different outcome set as well. These kids aren't looking, you know, to get drafted to get whatever. You're no. you're coaching them for for college and for beyond. So you're not just trying to build the best hockey player you can, but you're trying to build the best um, rounded human that you can. And I think the Mersad and the and the coaching staff that he has, you know, with Lee J Leslie who mm. was drafted, Mike McKay's in there as well. Yeah. Um, and um, don't me. No, no. Uh, <laughs> d- um, Mario Desjardins. Oh, okay. His daughter is. I think it's Paige. Is is also coaching right. as well. So you know, a product of the program has yeah. come back to, uh, to to help coach, which which is fantastic because she's played college hockey. She's done all that. She yeah. can you know kind of mentor in that vein. And we were talking about them having a nice, well, maybe not a nice, but a long break right now between <laughs> games. Well, this past weekend was a very quiet one. For all of the local teams, it was ter- it was yeah. There was nothing going on. No, there were actually two, and if, I can't remember which of them was at home, which of them was on the road. But the U seventeen AAA Cougars beat Valley Valley West five two, and then lost four three in overtime. Okay, that's thirteen three one and two for twenty nine points. They are in second place in their league, tied with the Giants and the Okanagan Rocket. But technically, they're second because they've got two games in hand. And I believe believe that those were the ones that were in town. I do remember okay. dropping off teenagers yeah. to go watch that game because okay. there was nothing else going on in town. Yeah, and now they again are off. Or, or sorry, they are playing in South Island this, this weekend, weekend coming yes. up. And then their next home games are January seventh and eighth versus Okanagan. Who yep. is one of the teams who they're currently tied with? So. Yeah, and they've got two games on them. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that means that the U eighteen AAA Cougars were the team that was down at Valley West. As far as I know, they were out of town. Yeah. Yes, and they didn't do quite so well. They lost seven to five and seven to four, and they are actually at a showcase in North Vancouver this weekend. Yeah, I noticed that when I was looking at the scheduling that um, because there's so many more teams in the in the guys' leagues, yes. um, sorry, in the boys' leagues, yeah. um, that uh, they play right up until like this is the first week of winter break for um, for yeah. high school, yeah. right? So they're still playing, and then they're going to come back, and then they get to go on their merry way for a couple of weeks. And yeah. I don't, the U18s are not going to the max this year, correct? Well, for one thing, it's not the max. What is it now? It's now called the Circle K Classic. Had a name change. That's unfortunate. Well, I understand. Well, I understand. Was, of course, they had to change. They had to sort of change it because it used to be the Max Midget Tournament. Eh, 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 eh. No, it was Max, now the Max U eighteen class. Well, I remember that happened yes. to the um, when the Spruce Kings almost won it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the RBC uh, Cup. 
Okay. It was yeah. the Junior A National Championship because RBC had pulled its sponsorship. Yeah. Now it's the Frito Lays, whatever. There's, yeah. the, it's got some attachment to it. The BCHL doesn't play for it anyways because the BCHL is connected its own with entity the rest now. of the yeah. Canadian Junior Hockey League. Yeah. yeah. So. But uh, no, the uh, U18 Cougars playing this weekend, say North Van, playing the Vancouver Northeast Chiefs and the Fraser Valley Thunderbirds. Their next home games, middle of January, January 14th and 15th, versus the Vancouver Northwest Hawks. The U15 team was off this past weekend. They host Greater Vancouver Canadians this weekend. Excellent. Two games in Kin 1, Saturday at 6.30, Sunday at 10.15. And that's the AAA team or the AA team? That's the AAA. Perfect. Yep. And then um, the other thing I noted on them was the uh, BC Elite Hockey League, the BC EHL, if you yep. didn't have enough initials of hockey team, of hockey leagues already. Not the BC MML because you can't call it the Major Midget League anymore. No. Um, they announced their Players of the Month for November. Okay. Jackson Larmont <laughs> of Prince George. Yep. The uh, U15A Caribou Cougars play of the month for November. They played four games, went four zero and zero. He had thirteen points. I was going to say, I thought he games. had twelve or thirteen points. It's good, good yes. for him. Yeah, he averaging three points a game—that's not I bad. Think he had one ga- game. We had four goals and two assists. They were mentioned. Excellent. Yeah. So, so good on him. Yep. Um, okay. Now we're we're going to keep it hockey for the last couple of minutes, but we're okay. going to move up. I guess you could say a couple of ranks. I wouldn't call it up. I mean, well, I don't think I've ever heard of anybody at any of these other levels scoring 800 goals in their career. That's because they got to stop when they're 18. Yes. <laughs> Alex Ovechkin last night for Ottawa in their 7-3 win over Chicago had the hat trick. And the funny thing was, as somebody was mentioning in the story I read online, yeah. none of them were from his office. All no. of them were basically on scrambles right around the front of the net. But again, that's the sign of a good goal, goal scorer. Is he just spotted opening? Boom. The one thing that I heard this morning when I was listening to not our radio station, I apologize. I was listening to the NHL Network because I listened to the morning wrap-up. And uh, the one thing that the gentleman on there said, he goes, he goes, none of them went into the empty net, but you... But that doesn't matter because guess who had the most empty net goals of all time? Yeah. Wayne Gretzky. Yes. Right? So it... You know, I heard somebody say, you know, there's somebody in the Twitterverse that said, well, I'm sure that one of them was an empty netter. No, none of them were. They were all true goals. Yeah. But I do find it hilarious that not one of them was from his signature spot. Yeah. Just inside the, well, I call it, I say right on the ring at line, but it's right above the hash marks. Yeah. Right? And it's uh, it's it's cool to see him. Now, there's only three players in history that have 800 goals. Him, yes. Gordy, and Wayne, I believe. Yeah. And Gordy is one ahead of him. Uh, Gordy Howe, 801 goals in his so he career. Should, so he'll get their next game. <laughs> Which well, is tomorrow night. Against? Host Dallas. Host Dallas as he, well. So he might not get there. But it would be kind of nice if he did it on home ice. It would, it would be fantastic to move in a second. Now, the last piece that I'm going to leave you with before yeah, we go. Um, he's got 800 goals. Everybody was arguing, well, is it going to be five years? Is it going to be four years? It might be next year. There's still 60 right. games yep. left this season. Yep. Or sorry, 55. Yeah. So it might be next year. Okay, we will leave you with that thought, and we will be back next Wednesday at 1 o'clock for more on Post to Post. This is CFIS 93.1 FM in Prince George, proudly supported by community groups like Theatre Northwest. For the current schedule and tickets, visit theaternorthwest.com.